This is Team Time, your weekly Q&A session to building better teams and leadership practices. This series of episodes is part of the Better Teams podcast, hosted by me, Vincent, and Max. Thank you for being here with us. Have a good listening. Hey, hi, Maxime. Hi, Vincent. Hi, everyone. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. This week, uh, I want us to talk about feedback. There are a lot of articles online about feedback. A lot of books have been written about feedback. And this question of how can I give feedback to my teams? How can I give feedback? How can I get feedback from my manager? How can we interact with each other and, and, and learn and, and develop better practices? It's, it's a question that is always coming uh, from managers we are working with, often people coming to our first time leading team sessions. And I'd like to start by asking you this question. If we say that feedback is a gift, you know, it's important to give feedback. Why are so people unhappy about that, about feedback? Well, I think uh, we say a lot of things about feedback. <laughs> yeah. One of the things we also say, and there's this famous quote, is that feedback without coaching is like receiving a toy car as a gift without the batteries. So essentially it That's just doesn't the worst. work. That's the worst. <laughs> Indeed. Now it's uh, so basically that unfortunately that usually comes like that, you know. So if you can picture the situation where you know your manager is giving you feedback and saying, "Okay, you're doing this wrong. You need to to approach it differently." But you don't really give, you know, you don't really receive the the tools to make it happen, or the advice or the follow up. Well, essentially, you as a person who received the feedback, you're frustrated about it because you don't know what to do to improve. Because essentially, someone told you, "Okay, you're doing something wrong," but you don't really know how to do it right and or if someone explained to you what you should write, they didn't say why. Or I mean, essentially, you're lost because you don't know what to do. And then the manager and the person who gave you that feedback who had the feeling that uh, he or she really got involved and, and really took the time to give you that feedback, they will also feel frustrated. Yeah, because so it's a waste of time for everyone. Yeah, because they will be like, okay, why is this person not changing yet? You know, I, I, I invested time and I explained and, well, you know, so... I really strongly believe that feedback should be always part of a coaching conversation. Mm -hmm. It cannot be just, you know, just like that, you know, okay, change that. And it's also due to the fact that, yeah, essentially human beings, we're not really good at that, you know, judging other people because we always kind of project our own um, strengths, you know, we are like, okay, if I'm feeling so comfortable with talking in public, you know, why is this person not able to talk in public or this or that, right? So when yeah. we give the feedback, we always start from the point, okay, this should be easy, right? So you have imperfect human beings giving advice to imperfect human beings, right? So Yeah, but what you, you said can, is striking. I mean, okay, you have imperfect human beings giving advice to imperfect human beings, but from a point of view of what you actually do well, okay, that's what you said, right? This is very dangerous. Well, it's very dangerous, especially because it's difficult for people to improve on, on something that they, they apparently do so wrong. You know, I yeah. think it's much easier to encourage someone to learn based on what they already kind of initiated in the right direction, you know, so kind of capitalizing on the strengths. So what can you that, do? What can you do to make that happen more? Well, one thing that you can do, which I believe is very easy, and one thing that I really enjoy doing is uh, you catch them doing something good and you reinforce that. You're trying to change the way a, a person approach a certain part of, uh, of their job, for instance, you mm -hmm. know. And let's say they always struggle with it, you know. Uh, sometimes it can be something very simple, like coming on time at meetings. I would say these are feedback we usually work because you say, well, essentially, please be on time, right? So <laughs> that's very direct, but that's easy, right? But sometimes yeah. it's something a lot more complex, you know. So even if the person is far from, you know, let's say the place you would like that person to be, you know, mm -hmm. 
even if they make a very very small step in that direction you need to reinforce it you need to be there to really really catch it and reinforce that it's going to be much easier because instead of uh, triggering the fight or flight response which is basically when you feel attacked you know and you switch to survival mode mm-hmm. you stop listening right but if someone catch you doing something good and they approach it and they tell you okay I felt very good when I saw you doing that I can really see that uh, you went ahead of the limitations you put onto yourself so far you know yeah. this kind of message you know and it's real you know it's genuine it's empathetic you know it's really to say well I, I this is what it did to me I felt so good to see you doing that so please do more of that this is exactly what you should be working on mm. and the message I mean is totally different and it's also a lot more accurate because the only thing that as human beings we are really good at is kind of understanding our own feelings you know wow Actually, I'm not sure we are so completely good at that, but let's yeah, say but at least we are good at feelings. assessing yeah. the impact of it, right? Yeah. To, to describe yeah. them, you know, it's the same way when a doctor is telling you, okay, uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, what's your pain level, you know? Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, you give that number and nobody's going to challenge you because we trust that you can feel that better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So if you say to your uh, employee or to the person you're trying to give feedback, it can also be a colleague, by the way. I felt really good, you know, that moment when you, when you did that, you know, this message is really reinforcing. Does it make a difference, by the way, for you giving feedback between colleagues and giving feedback from the manager to, to team members? Of course, uh, if your manager is giving you feedback, I would say the sense of urgency is probably a bit higher, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would I would listen to my colleagues just as much. But that's also a choice because you also need to kind of uh, trust or at least have a feeling that you should trust the judgment of that person. And yeah. although it's completely biased, people tend to to trust more the judgment of the manager you know <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah it's again imperfect people um, judging other imperfect people right so yeah yeah I'm just um, afraid uh, that with this topic of feedback it's a huge topic it's many contexts behind a simple and unique word and it's that I think we should always be cautious every time this happens like one word for many realities it's it's always dangerous I think uh, so because we, we can I, I think from what we've talked so far together we kind of see that behind that word there is a notion of trust uh, there is a notion of power also uh, because I'm, I remember some testimonies people from teams talking to me about uh, how they didn't feel so well with colleagues talking giving feedback to them because Because these are they, they are not their managers. So what? Wh- why should they do that? And with what? What is uh, their mandate to do that? You know. So power, trust, psychological safety. I think many many things are behind that big big word. It's even more complex than that because I mean, even if uh, you are let's say a very mature team and there is the right trust, you know, going on between the people, still you know someone who you trust can give you a terrible feedback because yeah. you know the, it will still be based on their own experience, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at relationship advice and stuff like that. I mean, True. it's deeply flowed, right? And that's why I think it's much better to to share about, you know, how you feel about something, you know, instead of, you know, telling someone, okay, this is what you should do, you know, you approach it by saying, okay, this is what I would do, you know? Yeah. And it's it's already kind of, you know, at a degree of, of interpretation in that. Yeah. And it's a much, much more, I'd say, empathetic, right? Because you say, well, this works for me, right? Or for instance, you know, when you tell someone, okay, this is your shortcoming, you are lacking this. 
Mm-hmm. No, you should say, I'm struggling to understand this or that. Because then you bring it to you, right? So you explain that uh, you can trust me to, to know what I'm feeling at this moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm feeling from what I observe or something like that. It's different than saying, okay, you are lacking this or you don't, di- you don't do this well, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's, uh, it's very, very powerful when, when someone does something good to genuinely tell them, Mm-hmm. Okay, this this is really the thing I want to see about you because this is the emotion that gave, that it gave me, you know. For instance, or I really saw you at your at a great potential here, you know. So yeah. please do more of that. And on top of that, this is what I would also do, or this is what works for me. So this kind of advice, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's much easier because you know it, it's like any type of change management. You know, you're trying to achieve a certain change with someone, and essentially first it has to gain acceptance, and then the change can take place. Because if it's a very direct feedback, this is not good. You need to change that, and unless it's something which is where where it's really known, you know, uh, what should be done right, and it can be easily evaluated and objectively. Then if it's not in that situation, like I said, you know, for instance, coming on time and um, and saying, okay, please don't be late anymore, mm-hmm. you know, then that's easy, you know. I mean, yeah. I think the past is known. It's very, it can be objectively evaluated. So yeah. essentially, if the person is uh, coming on time, then it's going well. If the person is still not coming on time, then it's not going well. So yeah, unless that, it's that, if the rest is just very, it's more with biased, you know. Yeah, but that's that's um, also something I was wondering. So, okay, bringing the feedback back to you, uh, that's that's a, a good tip you would give first, like uh, saying it's you talking, you you trying to convey a message here. So it's necessarily imperfect, but at least you you put some um, some model, some modalization here. It's you talking, uh, but and also bringing some objectivity. Some feedback, as you said, can be really easy. Although once in a in a first time leading team, it was about. Uh, telling a team member that he hasn't been performing well from what i understood it should be an objective thing right it's performance uh, you, you can measure that performance as being decreasing so it should be objective still it's really hard it can be perceived as really hard to come up to the person and say hey we have an issue here so how do you balance that should every feedback be objective or how do, should you try to reduce subjectivity how do you uh, walk through that fine line to to have this healthy relationship and dialogue with people The first thing is that you should educate your managers, you know, with real coaching skills. And uh, giving feedback is only the second step. Because if you only give trainings to your manager on how to give and deliver feedback and stuff like that, they will not understand that they're already biased. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to already embrace the fact that what you're going to give as, as an advice or as a feedback is already very, very subjective, right? Yeah. So... I would say if this is part of more of a, a coaching conversation, then you will help the person, you know, come to, you know, to that insight by themselves. And then you can support them into reaching the outcomes that, that are required or which are the way they should go about uh, the thing they're trying to change, you know. Mm-hmm. It has to go in that direction. You know, you should really work together with the person to really show what is what they're doing, which is limiting themselves, you know, rather than saying, okay, you're doing this wrong, you know. Because again, if you cannot, uh, basically feedback, it can only be good to correct mistake when when you know already the right path, you know. When it's so objective and it's so easy to evaluate it objectively. So again, if you take the example of, uh, okay, you're late, uh, you're late at every meeting, please come on time. 
okay, you can give advice on, okay, maybe you should uh, uh, set a reminder five minutes before, but essentially, I mean, this is really in, in the hands of the person, you know, yeah. be be on time, that's simple, right? But there are things which are much more complicated, you know, to, to reach, you know, and you as a manager, you might not have all the answers, but you can explain what works for you. You can catch the person doing it right for the first time, even if it's just a very small step and reinforce that. Yeah. Essentially, you create the memories for them. Mm-hmm. You help them create their own memories so that they have this image of the thing they want to achieve, you know? Mm-hmm. So you help them, okay, create even that emotion for themselves. How did you feel that day when you did so well this specific thing? Yeah. This is what I felt about it when I saw you doing that. You looked really like uh, empowered at that moment. You looked very confident. And then the people will be chasing that very thing, you know? And you can help them identify what were the ingredients to get to that moment. You know what I mean? Mm. Because sometimes, you know, you, you will act the right way or at least uh, the intended way, but you don't know why. So someone has to be there to help you get to the how we how come you came to that you know and and help them identify that this is the right thing you know yeah so it's uh, i think it's much more about that because this will be a lasting change if you just tell someone okay why well, this is wrong you need to change it then again like i said it will uh, you know it will trigger the the fight or flight response essentially like person feels attacked yeah and there's in no condition to learn anything at that moment yeah let, let's develop that a bit You talked about positive reinforcement. Every manager knows that um, sometimes feedback sounds negative and you want to convey something that is not going so well. Uh, So we talk about positive and negative feedback. What about them? Are they both necessary? And when I hear you talk about that before, I start wondering if start like yeah, reassessing what I thought I knew like is there really positive and negative feedback or is, is feedback mainly or should it only be about reinforcing people developing people well I mean for sure it should always be constructive so it should always be reinforcing and the only real negative feedback you can give is really like I said when the pass to the to the right answer is known and that it can be assessed objectively so okay that is clear in that case I mean yeah negative feedback works right because you want to put an end to that behavior and that's actually very easy to put an end to that behavior and I think uh, this could also work you know between colleagues I mean if you have this culture and if you have this trust you know in the team essentially it's a way of holding each other accountable if someone is not showing up to the meeting or is not completing the task that he committed to within the team now yeah. that's a way to hold each other accountable yeah of course if the person cannot complete the task because of a lack of skills or a lack of this or that this has to go much further and this feedback then should be really tailored you know you are listening to the better teams podcast thank you i hope you enjoy it did you know that my co-host max is very active on youtube He produces weekly videos to share practical content for first-time leaders directly from his extensive experience. If you like to discuss management and leadership topics, you should definitely check it out. Go to Max Castera on YouTube, after this episode, of course. But for now, let's go back to our conversation. In this example of people showing up late, which is very uh, simple, it's interesting because it's not so much the feedback that will be negative, it's more bringing, shedding some light into a negative behavior for the team. So your feedback can be very positive, or at least can be very genuine, saying, hey, when you when you show up late, uh, we can't work as we would like to, so it's it's painful for us as a team. That That's not a negative feedback, you know? So it's uh, Yeah, but I mean, to, to be honest, uh, I mean, again, this is also cultural, eh? I mean, yeah. between countries as well. But I think uh, telling someone that is late and that it's impacting you 
I think that's fair game, you know, to mm. just yeah. say, well, you know, please don't do that because you know it's impacting us negatively, and that's mm-hmm. it. But you don't even need to sugarcoat it. I mean, again, it depends on the culture. Yeah. In Netherlands, they would tell you that right away. I mean, like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in some country, cultures, probably people would, you know, kind of try to wrap it around, you know. Yeah. yeah. But uh, th- this is not a problem. It's not a problem because the answer is known. You know yeah. how to get there. It's more complex for uh, when you really try to change the the behavior of someone. You know. Yes. And, you know, if you take the example of a topic we've covered in in a previous episodes of the podcast, if you take commitment, for instance, I mean, you know, if a manager, you know, is just giving the feedback all the time, well, I see that you're not committed. Yeah. You're not committed. But, you know, it's much deeper than that. You know, is that a clarity issue? Is that, a, you know, a buy-in issue? And if it's a buy-in issue, is it because the person doesn't want? If, is it the person, you know, doesn't believe in it? Mm-hmm. Is it the person doesn't have the right skills? I mean, there you need to go much further, right? So it's really about that. I think it has to be a conversation. And I think really catching people doing something good, or at least even like a small fraction of the behavior you as a manager would like to see in that person. I mean, really pour everything you have in it, you know. But of course, that means that you need to be around as a manager. And that's always an advice I give to clients, you know, uh, and, and to managers that I could be coaching, for instance. Um, is uh, If there is a behavior you want to see change about someone, you need to be around, not to control them, but to catch them doing something good. Mm. And that's very counterintuitive. But it, the question is, okay, do you really want to invest in that person? Because if as a manager you say, well, okay, but I don't have time for that, then okay, it means that the change that you want to see is not worth investing. So you should ask yourself, okay, what, what's your plan for that person? Because the person alone is not going to be able to make that change just by itself. You know, they, they need um, not just triggers because we think that trigger is enough. And I, I told you, so I'll talk to you in six months and we'll see where you are. I mean, this doesn't work. Person needs much more than trigger. They need to really have um, a specific flags, you know, that they need to aim at and also what the flag looks like. And, and for that, you need to help them define that flag. You know, you need to help them create that memory of what the flag looks like, right? So actually your advice would be actually don't go into feedback, but invest really and make it a conversation on the long term, right? Regular interactions and asking questions. That's what I hear from you. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you let the gap get too big, I mean, the conversation is in any case going to be very, very difficult. And at the end, I would say, um, yeah, where is the accountability? I think it's just as much the mistake of the manager than it is of of the Mm. employee. You know, if there's been no conversation in between, I mean, it's again, uh, it just doesn't work. You need to, if you want to invest in the person, then you need to be around to catch them doing something good to reinforce that. Yeah. If the if the feedback is something very very specific like being on time then okay that that's different would you go as far as saying that in these situations feedback is actually a, a quick fix but very very imperfect because you think you can't afford to to really invest more and do more as a manager for example yeah i would say be careful i mean as a manager be careful because if you give feedback if you believe in it and you want the person to grow you're gonna have to put the work you're gonna have to put the work in those coaching conversations you know for the person to be able to to change because you know don't don't start that otherwise because it's uh, i would say it's borderline unfair for the for the employee as well and it's going to be frustrating for you because you won't see the change coming mm. and it's going to be frustrating for the person because they don't know what to do so you can you won't get commitment because you don't have clarity and you don't even have buy-in so it's like you know <laughs> it's yeah. the worst how much do you think it's scalable because i'm thinking about like managers that i know managing hundreds of people sometimes 700 and uh, like crazy numbers um it's uh so how can you invest 
take the time and to invest in these people wow. like that. I mean, in any case, it's very difficult to have direct impact on more than, let's say, you know, five or six people, right, for one manager. So mm-hmm. in any case, when you're in this kind of size, you need to, to really develop uh, the the middle managers with those skills, right? You need to, to teach them to be the right coach. And if you're not the right person for that, you need to find someone who can do it because that, that's the only way, you know, otherwise you cannot have that kind of, uh, you cannot have that kind of impact. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah, I mean it's true. Huh? The the higher you get, you know, the the less uh, the less of a coach uh, you tend to, to be. Also because you don't have time, and you expect that people at a certain level they already have those skills, otherwise they wouldn't have made it there. But it's not true. I mean it's really not true. Some people come to the very top without having ever been a, a people manager. You know, hmm. for instance, they they come through more sales roles and stuff like that, and and they were leading people in a certain way. You know, and in sales is also different, of course, and the kind of objective you have, the kind of teams, and so yeah, it's it, it's really it really depends. It really depends. So if you're leading such a big organization, then you need help to make sure the middle managers are really trained that way. Because giving a f- negative feedback just like that, and it's so common. Eh? I mean, it's so common to see managers giving, okay, well, you need to change that. Mm. Okay, well, that's great. <laughs> see you in so how do you, yeah, I mean, how, and, and also in some cases, even a the manager themselves, they don't really know what the, the new behavior should be. Yeah. They just know that they don't want to see that one anymore, you know? So, and that's in, in those situations, I would say, oh, it's especially important to be around, you know, because mm. if you see that, okay, the, the good behavior looks like that. Okay, that's that's nice, you know. And yeah. avoid comparing. You know, don't say, okay, be more like him or like her. I mean, that's the worst because then you create divides and, and resentment in the team, and you know. So that's why also when you know in those performance review cycle uh, in a lot of companies you have stuff like uh, meets expectation, below, above, role model stuff like that. It's very very common. Yeah, but I mean, a whole model. Eh? What does it mean? You know, <laughs> everything is so everything is so specific. You know, when we say okay, this is leadership. I mean, there's so many leaders who are different. You know, yeah, it doesn't work like that. You need to help people really create their own memories for themselves so that mm. they can see. Okay, this is what I want to see, and you reinforce that by catching them doing something which is very close to that. And if it's not just there yet, you know, you could say, well, this is uh, this is what I what I would do. I mean, this is my you know my reaction to that. Yeah. Or but it's yeah. Unfortunately, it's not how we see leadership, you know. There is one thing I, I read in many articles and I've seen it, I've experienced it even as well myself, is when this this, this way of empowering your team members or colleagues as a manager, for example, could be if, if you see something that you want to change or you want, the, you want your colleague to change, you come to them and you underline the problem and you, and you ask them to come up with solutions. So something we see in many many articles uh, a way to empower people would be to ask them to suggest solutions to their own problems and my, my question that a lot what do you think well it sounds a little bit like you know when you tell the kids okay uh, go to the corner and think about what you what yeah. you've done you know yeah but it's um well i mean i think but there can be multiple reasons i mean for sure the first thing is that uh, then you create real ownership i mean people really own that change you know because they uh, you know you really put them at the center of that which mm-hmm. is very important so there I tend to agree but the, the problem is that when you just tell them okay go and think about it you know essentially okay maybe now you allow them to take time to reflect about that you know and, and with that new insight that maybe something was wrong about it so you could say okay they get dedicated time to brainstorm alone I don't think it's enough because um, if you just let them brainstorm about their own stuff they still don't don't have this this image of what they are trying to achieve right they didn't create that memory and uh, and usually when managers 
send our people home, so to speak, eh? and say, okay, just reflect about that, how you would you approach it and everything. Although it feels empowering, often so it's also because the manager has no idea which kind of behavior they want to see. When they compare it maybe to other people, I think it would be a lot healthier to say, okay, look, let's try a few, uh, a few approach to that. And then we talk about it within a week and we discuss how we both feel about that, you know, about okay. that outcome. This could be a way maybe to bring that change, you know, and also mm. to formulate it better. And because at the end of the day, you know, it's like quick experience experimentations right you know it's a bit of uh, a bit lean you know kind of lean management you know yeah. to say well because sometimes manager they don't even know exactly they know that they want something to stop you know mm. a, a toxic behavior or something like that but they don't know what they want to see mm. so maybe building that image together it's again helping them to create memories and and basically give feedback on the outcomes We meet a lot of first-time managers, newly appointed managers every Friday afternoon during our sessions first-time leading teams. To all the people who are not aware yet that we do that or who can't come, kind of can't join us, even if it's online these days, uh, what advice would you give them, all these newly appointed managers, first-time leaders, about giving feedback to their direct reports? Well, I think they need to be aware of that bias they have. They should really make sure that ego doesn't come in the way. So they should be really aware of that. So that's the role of their manager, I would say, to really train them on that, make them realize that, okay, your feedback, you know, can be a gift, but only so, na 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 na, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's very important to, to train them on that, you know, to really tell them, okay, well, you, it has to come into a coaching conversation and this is how you can do it. So again, you know, your manager, as a newly appointed manager, your own manager has to help you get there, you know. So the advice would be to tell them to, to seek that help from their manager to be aware of that uh, that bias, especially if they come in as, a, you know, for instance, they were an expert in a certain role, you know, that could be also an even bigger bias. Why? Because they would they would tend to, to give feedback based on their skills they had in their previous role, you know. Mm. If they were really confident about something in, a, let's say, a very technical role, you know, about architecture and software or things like that, then they would really like uh, give feedback based on that to their people, you know, which is different kind of feedback now you expect from them as uh, as people manager, mm. you know. So maybe in software it was easy to get into a situation where feedback was very objective and can be and could be objectively evaluated. Let's say. Uh, please stop using that kind of design pattern or please put comments in your code or whatever this yeah. could be. Those were easy things to, to put in place and to check, right? But now we are talking about behaviors, you know, we are talking about all kinds of more complex things that um, people cannot just change and evaluate that easily. Yeah. So I think it's very important when you start as a manager to, to be aware that, that you're not there yet to give feedback and spending time with your team, observing your team doing things that you feel really deeply are the right things to do and opening up about it and talking with them and catching them doing it well yeah. will help you develop those skills as well. Yeah, just be aware that uh, you, that you don't know, that many even seasoned managers, they also don't know exactly what people should do to change something. But seasoned manager, they should have the right experience to observe it and to build it together with their team. And not putting it on people to find the, exactly. to find the answers by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, I think we can stop there. It's a, we discussed a lot of things and uh, I hope... Uh, Everything we talked about, feedback can help our listeners to reassess what it means and, and develop better discussions, better relationships if, it, if it's needed with their teams and, and colleagues. Thank you, Max. You're welcome. Thanks, everyone, and uh, see you in the next episodes. And don't hesitate to send us some feedback about this. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like this podcast, uh, please give it a good review. 
You can also join our Better Teams podcast growing community on Facebook, where you can start interacting with other fellow listeners and directly ask us questions that we can address in the next episode. Thank you for listening. See you in the next episode.